right, we are rolling in the post-show. Hey! Hi, post-show listeners. I'm curious about lightning. Okay. Listener who sent us the, you know, the first set of lightning, right? He's like, favorite brewery. Mm-hmm. You know? When we had that porter on the show way back when, it was last place beer. You know, and then we have this one. You know, so we got a few more to get through, but... Uh, and, you know, I don't want to write off a brewery, but, you know, expectations as they are are kind of low for this one right now. Maybe they don't travel well. Well, the uh, they sent us an old ale. I think it's an old ale. And when I was taking it out of the box, I saw that it had a yeast cake like this on the bottom. And there was big chunks floating around. Let's put them in. Let's put, yeah. Like, yeah, like like three quarters of an inch of yeast on the bottom of this bomber. And... uh so I figure, you know, we'll put that one in the fridge and we'll let that one sit for like a month before we even think about it, right? Just okay. to let it settle back down. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, like I said, I'm just kind of being candid with my thoughts, yeah. thinking out loud here. I'm like, I don't want to write off the brewery. I, I want to find a really good lightning beer. Um, I want to find a really good beer. Is it's really what you're right, saying. Right, right, right. And I, I want to find a decent beer. But, uh, yeah, it just if you look at the... Like when I went back... And looked at um, the lightning rankings. Like, oh, like I was going to send the guy, like, yeah, we had your beer back in blah blah blah. Like, here's the show. And then, like, fourth place, I'm like, maybe I'll just tell him blah blah blah. We had your beer back in blah blah blah. <laughs> well, and then, like, <coughs> and by fourth place, I meant last place, not not just fourth out of like six or anything. Greg's having a coughing fit. That was the wrong, wrong pipe thing. Some of that Covetus over there will fix you up. Oh yeah, I'm sure. Uh, wow. Okay. Yeah, that gives me a funny feeling. <laughs> okay. <clears throat> Sorry about that. Speaking of funny feelings, Matt, before you came tonight, we were upstairs and Max had got on my back and had his arms around my neck and was hanging on, right? And I had my chin down so he wasn't choking me, uh-huh. but his arms were cutting off my aorta's. Okay, or, your carotid arteries. Carotid arteries, yeah. that's what they were. And, um, like, I could feel pressure building in my head. Or, so he must have been, he must have been pinching off the jugular or something, because I could feel oh, the pressure yeah. hitting in my, building in my head. And I had to, like, I, like, I didn't get to the point where I was getting lightheaded or anything like that, but I'm like, dude's got me in a sleeper hold. <laughs> what the hell? So, like, I, I got down and, like, you know, relieved the pressure, but, like, yeah, I could feel it. Like, he had me in a sleeper hold. When he's a teen, that kid's going to be an animal. <laughs> he's going to be running around, <laughs> yeah, blowing shit up. That was really fun over there, just sitting with him. He yeah. was having boy time with, with me and Greg, and you know he was telling his story and listening to the stories, and for a while, he was just sitting there content and just hanging out with the guys. It was pretty cool. Mm-hmm. There's a... I don't know. There, there's a... There's that social construct thing that, that you feel right. when you're just with other people well i think i, I think back it, oh, jesus this is gonna be like really like similar but i think back to like summers where my grandpa's has a friend over and they're sitting there drinking beer and i'm just hanging out with them you mm-hmm. know it's like that kind of thing just hanging out with the old guys mm-hmm. when they drink beer <laughs> i'm really we're looking- gonna be the old guys drinking beer soon <laughs> We are the old guys drinking beer. What are you talking about? <laughs> um, I want to. I, I think it will be interesting when your kids can sit in 
on one of the podcasts. Not not drinking beer necessarily, right, right, right. but you know, just being able to like you know actually offer interesting commentary. Mm-hmm. You know, like when Allison is twelve or something, that that would be very fun. Right. Should be too cool for that though. <laughs> if you get her on the right day, maybe not. So, do you want to do Amazon Anonymous, or do yeah. you want to? Yeah, we can do that. All right. Do do do. <coughs> buy so buy your lube for Valentine's Day. I yes. <laughs> you like that, huh? I do. That was nice. I wanted to um, compliment you on the. Coffee maker choice that you you, you oh the AeroPress the AeroPress man that makes good coffee. Did you get any good beans yet? Yeah, or? I got good beans okay. from Giant Eagle. Okay, um, you know just some random stuff that they had, and and you know I grinded up to sort of a medium grind mm-hmm. and uh, put it in there, and it's not bitter at all, and it's a uh, mm-hmm. it's a good co- it's a good coffee maker. It's easy. It's real quick. It's not cleans a, up. Not expensive. No, it's yeah. Yeah, AeroPress is where it's at. I mean, those French presses, I've seen people do it, and that's a pain in the ass to do. But the AeroPress is just, yeah, yeah, you put the beans in there with the filter, you pour a little bit of water in, stir it, pour the rest of the water in, put the thing on top, and let it sit for about 10 seconds and just slowly push down. Mm-hmm. Coffee's ready, you pop it right off into the garbage and then wash it out. Yeah, you don't even, I mean, you can, you push the, pl- the don't, make sure you're not storing the plunger in the barrel, right? Make sure it's No, no, pushed, I keep it out. Make, or, or push the whole way through. If you push the whole way through, it comes out the other side. So you can do that as well. What do you mean? Take the take the filter basket off uh-huh. and then push the plunger the whole way and the rubber gasket comes out and does isn't compressed. Oh. So you can just kind of take off the top take off the top and push the whole way through and you can store it that way too. Oh, okay. So you don't have to store it in two pieces. You can store it in Oh, no, I, I, I just I, I keep it separate on the uh, in the dish yeah. uh, stuff. That's fine too. Um, yeah, things. It's a hell of coffee maker. Um, I'd love to like do like a head to head like that versus a Chemex. You know, these more yeah. expensive coffee makers or whatnot would take more expertise. But for my money, Sierra Press. Um, what was I gonna say before that? Oh, if you um, if you want me to get you some commonplace beans, we can get them at wholesale. So they're typically about ten bucks a pound. Sure, and uh, they have a bunch of different varieties. I will send you an email on Monday, which will have so commonplace sends our contact an email. He sends it to me, and then I send it to like Heather and George down the street because I get him coffee too. I'll send it to you. You can read the descriptions of the beans, and you can tell me which one you want, right? Okay. And I'll get you one for, and it'll it'll be here Thursday, so it'll be here Saturday, you know, for you Saturday. Um, do you have a grinder? Mm-hmm. Okay. It's a so, cheap one, but okay. does the job. All right, because, I mean, I can get it ground, but it generally it's easier just to get the whole beans, and they'll stay fresher longer with the yeah. whole beans, so. Yeah. Buy right. a little, you know, $10 grinder. That's okay. Because I'm only doing it for me. I mean, mm-hmm. I said, you know, anybody can use it, but. I'm the one who does. Right. That's cool. Um, yeah, so I'll, I'll send you the email and you can get some. I, I I really like the way Commonplace makes their beans. You know, I've tasted other things. I've tasted, you know, Giant Eagles Roast, stuff Sorbels does, some other local roasters like uh, Kivahan and 
even a national like intelligentsia, right? But for me, it's commonplace. All right. I mean, now I can actually taste interesting coffee, so yeah. we'll see. All right. So what do you got for Amazon Anonymous? All right. So I'm choosing. There are two that I'm that I kind of find interesting. One is a book, Kinetics of Materials. It's a, it looks like a textbook. Um, somebody bought Kinetics of Materials. Obviously, a very interesting science. You know, if you're doing material science, that's it's important to know that kind of stuff. I believe it's a graduate uh, level text. So there you go. And the other one is OPI Cajun Shrimp, a nail liqueur. <laughs> that I guess is supposed lacquer. to look like nail, la- nail lacquer. Yeah, 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 lacquer. Right. Supposed to look like Cajun shrimp. shrimp? I, I don't know. It, it, it's reddish. So I just found this interesting thing. It's, it's a bottle cutter, but it's not the Kinkajou that we have, right? This is the Kent Long Bottle Cutter Machine for Wine Bottles. 32 bucks gets four and a half stars. And I can definitely see this thing having benefits over the Kinkajou. The Kinkajou, it takes some practice to get a cut where the beginning of the of the score matches the end of the mm-hmm. score because it can the bottle can twist inside the clamp. Uh, this one, it uh, it's probably a trade. I mean, this one definitely will not twist, but you're going to have to definitely push down on the bottle to get it to score. It doesn't have a clamp. It's kind of just a tabletop thing. Um, this looks pretty good, um, you know, from my experience of bottle cutting. I'll, I'll link it up in the uh, mm-hmm. CBR Amazon store. I mean, well, it only has nine reviews, but it's four and a half out of five on those nine. Um, I, uh, yeah, I think just looking at the mechanics of this one, uh, I think you'll make better, well... You definitely won't have that problem with the beginning of your score not catching the end of your score. Like I missed, yeah. I messed up a bottle the other day. Where I was scoring one of those ones we had over New Year's, and I twisted the bottle and didn't realize it. And it was about a quarter inch off when I got back around, maybe an eighth of an inch off when I got back around. But you know that that's too much to sand off, right? So like I'm not even going to work on that bottle. I'm just going to throw it out. But um, this one looks good. All right, something to something to consider. Kent Long Bottle Cutter Machine for Wine Bottles. All right. Amazon Yanam issues you over. Oh, I forgot to play the song. Doesn't matter. <laughs> We're watching you. Uh, I did talk about that. Uh, one of these ends doesn't actually have a point. I saw that when I sharpened it. <laughs> the lead comes off the side, so it's just yeah. a wood poker. <laughs> All right. <clears throat> Do salmon see God? Do salmon see God? Yeah. This is this is a um, a uh, a question that has a deliberately out there headline, but it's really I'm talking more about something else. Oh, okay. Yeah, we should talk about that too. But so. My point here is, okay, salmon have this compulsion to go back to where they came from to spawn, right? To jump through Mm -hmm. rivers. And what is that compulsion? It's chemical-driven. There are chemicals that they're released and and that compel the same way that it compels a salmon to 
to eat or to run away mm-hmm. compels a salmon to move through things. We the salmon we don't think has the kind of abstract thinking system that we do. But are we not driven by the same chemical stimuli? The chemicals are driving how our brains think. Mm-hmm. And we have this reasoning apparatus that, that we've evolved. And that, to me, is what you know God and all these other things are. They're our, our way of rationalizing what these chemicals are telling us to do. I mean, the salmon mm-hmm. probably sees on its own, in its own way, going back to the spotting pool as a, as just a, a, an uncontrollable urge. Right. That's being chemically driven. So the same uncontrollable urge to find patterns in things, which is what we do best. What's that driven by? We we put we put an agency on it because that's what we do. We're very hyperactive in terms of our agency detection, and we try to rationalize it. I wonder what the. I'm sorry, I didn't. Mean, I, no, God, this is going to hijack your conversation. Okay. It's still about salmon, but and and responding on the rivers, but it's not going down the same path okay. you were, right? So I, I can I can hold off if you want, but you know I'm curious, like the evolutionary pressure, like like you know, okay, so. A successful strategy is to build in the code into the salmon, go back to the same river, the same place you you were born, right? Because you know that's a valuable place. But there's a lot of salmon rivers. But I guess my question is, how many non-salmon rivers are there? You know, how many rivers are not hospitable to salmon? Well, you know? I mean, there's also the question, of course. And then also, this is going to cause some speciation or at least some variety, right? Because all the salmon are going to always spawn in the same place. They're going to go back to where they were born. So a salmon a couple rivers away could be a completely different salmon. Yeah, and and of course, you know, how did if if the original salmon if if salmon all came from you know same common ancestor that had the same behavior, why aren't they all going back to the very same pool? How do they get split apart? Well, that makes sense. You know, they would think they're going in the same direction, but the rivers have changed or stuff like that, and eventually that couple mistakes here and there, yeah. and they spread out and. But they have to have they have to have other salmon that that make the same mistake, mm-hmm. so it has to be. I th- I would expect that it would be much more of an environmental thing, because of that. Right, I've never done any salmon research. I don't know. No, no. And there might even be answers to some of this, but you know, it's just curious that they, you know, salmon goes back to the same place it was born. You know, and. How is a fun question, but for me, you know, why? What was the what was the pressure that made that the selective trait? You know, yeah. I mean, it, it doesn't necessarily. I mean, the thing is that that we another thing that we try to do. Well, the, people who who don't understand evolution completely try to do is they think that well, you know, by natural selection, I mean there had to be a absolute selective pressure to select for everything. That's not the case. It could be just something that. Mm-hmm. You know, randomly occurred, and it just was not a detriment. So it, it may have been that there wasn't a specific. That almost has to be reinforced, though. 
you know, like I can't see a random mutation that causes them to remember what river they were born in seven years ago or whatever it is, four years ago, however long a salmon lives. It almost has to be reinforced by a successful strategy. Well, I mean, it turned out to be successful, but was it was it initially put it was initially there because there was a selective selective pressure on it, or was it simply that it it, it almost out seems like successful? it has to be something that is practice isn't the right word, but like you know the the random mutation isn't going back to the same place you're born within fifty feet you know it's 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 a homing instinct right right and then it's been so refined to get you so close to where you came from you know and what what is that refinement yeah that 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 is a that's a very good point that's another issue that that uh, people who who are amateur evolutionists like ourselves have have trouble mm-hmm. to you know totally comprehending which is that these things are refinements upon refinements upon refinements mm-hmm. they started out as as but there's got to be a pressure for yeah. those refinements because it's not just a random boom you have this awesome amazing homing instinct right, right? maybe well, it was but it seems super unlikely to me yeah yeah i mean again there doesn't have to be pressure specifically for that alignment to happen but there ha- but for that alignment to succeed that means that there is a selective pressure on those that don't so it could operate in in, in that way too and sort of a, a negative pressure yeah it seems like it's such a i mean it seems like it's so much work yeah. That it has to be a very successful strategy, right? Yeah. But all a lot of sexual behavior among species seems like it's a lot of work. <laughs> I mean, Especially teenage humans. Yes. But I mean seriously, it's 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 a very it's a very interesting question that biology hasn't quite answered yet, which is, you know, how did sex develop because things were turning wrong just fine without sex then of course when sex came along um, there's a huge divergence in terms of the the complexity of things Mm -hmm. so it helped in that way but but what was the spark how did that differentiation and dimorphism occur we know it started with you know hermaphroditic systems but still having that as a medium for interchange is, is, and then all this stuff is built. I mean, you see the, the ways that various insects copulate and that, and birds have this whole, well, if you, if you go back to the very, they do. okay. So think all the way back to the beginning of sexual reproduction, right? So there's this random mutation that makes, I'm trying to break it down, but there almost has to be baby steps because you can't just have one particle that can no longer split its cells. It needs to be fertilized, right? Because there's no peer, right? You know, it it probably happened... I don't don't want to say probably because I don't really know for sure, but I would expect that it may have been somewhat similar to yeast where they can do both, right? They can do sexual reproduction and they can also... uh, Oh, yeah, yeah, or like hops, right? Right. Or they can keep just cloning. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, but when you can do sexual reproduction, you get new genes. I mean, yeah. So I think gaining that ability to to in, to acquire uh, mix mix genes, right? To mix some DNA, 
it's pretty obvious how that's successful for. Um, it, it, I mean, it, it allows you a. Uh, uh, an advantage over species that don't because it allows you to overcome selective pressures or adapt to selective pressures quicker because mutation rates are going to be quicker. Right. So, yeah, I think you're, I think you're right. Talking about, uh, about things that can do both. Right. And then basically as things get more the, complex, the sexual, lose the ability to well, the sexual ones probably either has to do with complexity, but or it could be that sexual reproduction is so successful that, the asexual is not being used and it gets yeah. lost. Yeah. Just like our tails. But I mean, if we could butt off individual like copies of ourselves, I, I don't know if, if, <laughs> if, if that'd that... be a lot of energy to spend to get yes. a copy of yourself. Yeah. It'd be Mogwai. <laughs> don't get us wet. <laughs> All right. We, <clears throat> excuse me. You had a conversation with somebody. No. Oh. <laughs> I kind of made fun of them, but so the EFF, the Electronic Frontier Foundation, which is about digital rights, digital freedom, right? Mm -hmm. You know, trying to promote that kind of thing. They made a tweet yesterday. Was it yesterday? Yeah, that Mm -hmm. kind of caught me. I felt I felt out of place, right? So there's this blogger in Saudi Arabia who said some things against Islam, and the Saudi government had sentenced him to. 10 lashings or 20 lashings a week for a bunch of weeks, you know, a ton of lashings, right? right? And the EFF made a tweet saying, you know, this guy's undergoing lashings for expressing his right of free speech. (laughs) And I was like, what? Yeah. If you're living... So... The point is... About rights so I, themselves. So I asked the EFF, I'm like, you're inferring that he as a Saudi citizen has the right to free speech. Right. Does he have the right to free speech? And the EFF didn't answer. But some, some guy with in Utah, that's all I know. He had no other bio and was right. saying, he's like, it's a God-given right, and the tyrants are trying to keep him down. And it's a fundamental misunderstanding of what rights are. My reply was... Your tweet was better when I thought you were being sarcastic. <laughs> if God gives these rights, maybe you should come around and enforce them every once in a while. The point is that rights aren't God-given. Rights don't come from a higher source. Rights are granted. Right, right. So actually I had an additional conversation with someone at work about this. And we kind of had, it was a good conversation, but he has this intrinsic feeling for human rights mm-hmm. right and i don't right it's yeah i think that rights are established by communities by groups of people yes you know and if the groups of people don't consider it to be a right it, it's not a right it doesn't exist you know so does we should point out this is a semantic argument. This is not an emotional argument, right? right. Because I mean, so, emotionally, we want there to be right, right. We want so, people to live in, in is, societies where these is there a universal human right for free speech or freedom or for anything, right? To not be owned, to not be a yeah. slave. You know, is there a right for personal freedom? Now it gets tricky, right? Because you have to be able to step out of your own personal view because. We as Americans feel that we humans have a, should have 
I mean, one of our founding documents asserts that there are these natural rights, that there are um, rights endowed by our creator, right? But that legalistically and semantically doesn't make much sense because that's not how rights are actually apportioned in societies. Rights are granted by the by the society upon those who live inside of it. Rights are not like skin. They're not they're not something that exists regardless. Right. So when I was having this conversation, we were going down the same path. He feels that there's these intrinsic rights. Yeah. Um and you know, I had to make sure he realized, do I think that the um Saudi should be able to to beat this guy, or do I think that the EFF shouldn't be protesting against it? No, they should be protesting against this. This guy should not be beaten because I feel that humans should have the right to free speech. Yeah. I do not feel that humans have the right to free speech universally because Depends that because on... that's not the situation because that's right. because we don't live in a fair in a fantasy land. We live in the real world. Yes, we have to recognize that places don't give those rights that we value. That said, I mean, an ideal world, I believe, uh, is one in which freedom of speech is uh, granted to to all people. Um, so I feel that this blogger can express free speech. I don't think he has the right to free speech. I think that he got... I think he should have the right to free speech. I think he should have the right to free speech. I don't think he should have it when he lives in a country that doesn't recognize the right to free speech. Well, no, I think he should have well, it. I, should, well, I think he should have it regardless of well, where he lives. Well, uh, okay, let me, let me phrase that right. I, I think he should have it. I don't think he has the right to free speech. Yes, I think that the Saudi government should, I think all governments should grant that right. But, but saying that he has the right to free speech. That doesn't mean that he has it. Right. Yeah. Right. Right. Very clear. Um, and so we were, we're talking, and like, you know, it's all a matter of perspective, because if you were a slave owner or a Muslim cleric, you would probably have an equal and opposite opinion about right about that, right? Whether humans have the right to free well, speech. Well, you'd have an opposite opinion, whether it was equal <laughs> well, be... well, right, right. But an opposite opinion on the right to free speech, right to fr- personal freedoms, things like that. And, I, 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 yeah, it comes back to the community. If you're living in... The antebellum South, right? Antebellum, is that the right word for... Or is that... That's afterwards. That's after the Civil War, I think, is antebellum. I'm not even sure. Well, so if you're living in slave-owning South, your community of people who enforce rights have taken the rights away from the slaves, right? Those aren't... They don't have human rights. There's not this intrinsic thing. And if you grew up in that environment, you it's very different from what may feel like a universal right to you and me today. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'm just saying step back and think about it. And this is the whole... The EFF has the right to protest this guy's punishment. Yeah. The Well, because they they have the right because they right. are in the U.S. where they have the right. right. And I feel that they should protest it. I feel mm-hmm. that they should make it well known. Yeah. I don't think they should say in their tweets... That he is being punished because he exercised his right to free speech. Right. And I, I think it's largely a semantic argument at some point. But this gets to morality, right? Where does it come from? And uh, an understanding that 
there's a difference between being a moral relativist and understanding that morals are different in different areas. A moral relativist is someone who both has that understanding and also says that they're not judging the morals of other places. So, like a moral relativist would say, well, they have their different morals in Saudi Arabia, and I can't judge them for having their morals, you know, because they're it's a it's a totally different um, it's a totally different system, and you know who who can say whether their system is better? I'm not a moral relativist, not because I don't recognize that morals change based on where you are, but because I think that there is a better moral system, and they are not practicing it there. Right. Uh, I believe that we can approach we can we can't come up with an objective quote-unquote morality but we can have goals that we set and have have objective ways to fulfill those moral goals if we say our goal is to eliminate human suffering there are objective ways to do that that's not to say that it is an objective moral fact that human suffering is bad but if we say that our moral guide is that suffering is bad, there are objective ways to eliminate human suffering or at least lower them. Mm-hmm. So that's where there's objective morals and relative morals. But there, you know, you also need to have a certain level of consensus before it becomes a moral, right? Well, like no, if no, I'm no. One, you, can, if I'm you one, and I yeah. can have individual yeah. morals. Yeah. It, it it's a question of, of well, how but the, if you're the only person, there are no morals if you're the only person. Well, but I'm saying say okay, so morals only deal with interaction of society. Right, right. But if you're like the only person you've ever talked to that feels that you know you should have the right to light your farts on fire, right? Something like that, right? You're the only person ever. No one else has ever considered that that should be a moral, you know, a moral. Right, right. Yeah, or you know, it's a very silly example. Well, I know you like you like the lighting on fire on fire. Yeah, it's a, it's I, a go-to. I, I, it's a callback, really. Yeah. Um, but you know, my point is, if you're the only person with this oddball thing that you consider is immoral, mm-hmm. or you could say you consider but, uh, that's why I was saying you need a consensus of some group of people. Well, you need a consensus for immoral. no. You need a consensus before it becomes uh, before the the society agrees with you on the moral, but you can have that moral opinion regardless. Okay, yeah, I guess you're right. Morals are, are individual. Uh, but they're not really valuable until the society has them, right? Well, they're not valuable... I mean, they can be valuable to you, but... But they're not necessarily achievable until society shares those morals right, with you. Right. But yeah, if you're stuck on an island and you're alone, you, there's no such thing as morals because morals only relate to how we deal <laughs> with other people. Right. Well, we, we basically agree on, on yeah. the whole rights thing, so that's not as exciting as it could have been. <laughs> um. How about flight? Flight? Yeah, I was thinking about flight the other day. Trying to think about how I would describe flight to like my niece. Because it's oh. an interesting question, right? I mean, flight. Um, I would say that you know, even though you can't really tell, I would say air is a lot like water, and planes are a lot like boats. 
Yeah, that that's you know, and I, I was going a little deeper into it, but that's essentially you know where it comes down to is you you explain that fish are flying in a sense. Uh, they're in a you you show the difference between a solid and a liquid and a gas, right? That, that both liquids and gases fill up their containers. Whereas solids don't. Oh, right, right. I mean, you're getting a lot deeper, right? Yeah. I mean, I said it in, you know, like, saying air is like water is, you could go into fluids, right? right. The whole thing about fluids. But how do you demonstrate that to, to, I mean, you can just say it, but how, but how do you demonstrate that? One way I is, think, you know, showing how fish flies through water is, is probably a better analogy than boats. Depends on the age you're talking to, right? Because... Linking a man-made thing like a plane. Well, you could use a bird, I guess. Maybe a bird and a fish makes more sense. Yeah. I think that uh, the, I was thinking like a, a demonstration or an easy way of demonstrating. I think that one of the best ways is uh, to open up an umbrella. Because we don't recognize that we're immersed in this fluid that is the, you know, the mm-hmm. atmosphere. Because we're immersed in it. We don't really recognize it the same way the fish doesn't recognize it's immersed in water. It's just what it's used to. But when you open up an umbrella and you try to pull it, you can feel mm-hmm. all of a sudden all this stuff that you're pushing away. And so you say, there's actually stuff there. And that's what flight is. Flight is finding a way to move through that stuff, to use that stuff to push. And well, you're then, floating on top of that stuff. Some of you're that not stuff. floating on top of that stuff. No, what you're doing is is... You're applying Newton's third law. I mean, that that's really what flight well, is. Well, flight is... I know, but give me... But I mean, I'm, try, I'm, I'm talking to a first grader, right? Mm-hmm. And... you. I mean, so when I said you're floating on top of it, right? You have pressure on the bottom of your wings. <coughs> no, that's not... I mean, the Bernoulli principle is not actually how flight works. It, it, it's a... It's an aspect of it, but if it if that were how flight worked, then planes wouldn't be able to flip, to go upside down. Um, the whole, you know, pressure goes faster over one and the other, and that pulls you up. That's not actually how flight works. Flight is actually angle of if attack. You, well, and right, pushing. if your airfoils are inverted, you need to have a higher angle of attack to get. The- but flight flight is is almost all of it is is pushing down on the air to push yourself up. It's, it's, it's action-reaction. So what you're doing is is you're going fast enough that you have enough to push against that you'll still propel yourself upwards. Or a boat's displacement. So, yeah, there's no real displacement with... Yeah, you're right. Okay, yeah, there's no, there's no notion of displacement in lift. I mean, you can deal with pressure when you're dealing with a balloon. Mm-hmm. You, you can you can do it that way, but that's not the kind of flight that people are generally think of. But you know, a bird flaps its wings; it's pushing against the air. Right. So a balloon's a boat. Up. A balloon's a boat. Right. Okay. Yeah. So, and, and what was the other thing I was about flight that was interesting to me? I mean, the the evolution of flight is is fascinating, of course. Human or animal? Animal. Animal, okay. Yeah. Well, I mean, <clears throat> evolution doesn't care about the density of the fluid. No, right? it cares about what works. 
Right. So, I mean, there's really no difference between swimming and flying evolutionary, right? It's just different densities. Well, I mean, the different different um systems had to be developed to to work in the different environments yeah. right i mean wings wouldn't work in the water they work in the air fins wouldn't work in the air but they work in the water well penguin wings work in the water but they're specialized to work in the water but so i'm i'm not a um penguin scientist but you know they've adapted the <coughs> function, the the form of air flight to propel them through the water. Yes. So they almost went backwards, right? They had lost the ability to fly. They didn't go point. backwards. They went oh. forwards. They just oh. went forwards. Right. But backwards from life went from the water to the land to the air. And they went from something that could fly to something that flies in the water now. So. <laughs> and I, it, I, it, it seems like a weird way to solve that problem, right? Because nature had already solved that problem with fins. Well, no, it doesn't seem like a weird way because there was a pressure. And, 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 sure, and, and sure they, but yeah, it just seems like the long way to get there. They could have, you know, hundreds of thousands of years ago, they could have just stayed with their fins instead of well, going to the land, going to the <laughs> air, and then going back to the well, water. Well, they didn't know. <laughs> they should have known. They should have known. Yeah, yeah, they were thinking about it. Evolution thinks about stuff. No, it doesn't work that way. <laughs> teasing, asshole. I, I know, but still, I I know you're teasing, but I... I, I I feel it's important to clarify these things because evolution is one of the things that's, that's most misunderstood, even by me. And I want to get part of at least the stuff that I know uh, that is true, and and that you know it, it's it's not a question of them going. But there's no such, like there's no such thing as I, I hate when people say de-evolution or devolve. There's no mm-hmm. such thing as devolving. Evo- evolution is change over time. There's no reverse of change over time. So you know what I did something today, reverse of change over time. This is real quick thing. So I was doing some some time over change. Well, no, I was doing some Lego. <laughs> I was doing some Lego stuff to, to Max today, and I was putting some stuff away. And I dropped some Legos into the wrong bin, and it was you know I was like, oh, it's gonna be tedious to pick those out. And the, my first instinct was Command Z, Command Z. Like I wanted to undo something in the physical <laughs> world because it would have been easier to undo than to fix the work. You know, that, I think that's the first time I've ever like in real life been like undo, undo. <laughs> Spent too much time around computers, man. <laughs> I tried to, to take undo, over your life, trying to undo physical phenomena. <clears throat> but even undoing is still changing over time. But you you were talking about unchanging right and that would have been like you know if you know an unchanged is still a change well, i wanted to thing. go back to where it was right you know but that's that that's still I, I don't want to argue about the semantics i just thought it was wow i have issues when i try to undo <laughs> command z something i wanted to bring up presuppositional apologetics a little bit because again how much it bugs me i don't think i ever really yes you have talked about no no it. I'm just, i've talked about it but i don't think i've ever fully described it for you what what the what the real thing is because presuppositional the the thing about a presuppositional argument is it's not an argument it's an attempt to take over a conversation you've with nonsense this. yes you've done this I wouldn't know anything about it if you hadn't told me about it already all right, then describe to me the presupposition i don't remember all of it but it's exactly <laughs> what you just said <laughs> But I want to clarify it. Okay. Because, so the precept says 
that there is in order to to have scientific facts or whatever science you need reason right we can agree on that that's something that that definitely agree on we need reason to interpret the world and they say reason can't justify reason and philosophically that's true it's it's a circle it's a circular argument you can't justify reason with reason so that's true so the precept points out a philosophical argument that is true it's a philosophical argument that no one has an answer to, but the precept then says they do have an answer, and that answer is God. So they simply assert they have an answer to a legitimate philosophical question without having any reason, or without having any evidence or reason or any other thing but their assertion to back it up. And that's the big problem with presuppositional apologetics is they tell you that you can't use your logic, but they can because they've accounted for it because their magic friend in the sky says so. But you can't because you don't you don't have a magic friend in the sky that says so. So either I can see the future or you said that exact same <coughs> thing already. Almost word for word. I need someone to find clip A and clip B and oh, I guarantee you it's different. Guarantee you, because you can you can repeat it to me, and now you say it's the same. It because it all came back to me. <laughs> no, I'm serious. You said that. All it's, right. Well, I, I I feel it needs to be harped on again. I don't think there was any point in that that was new. <laughs> I'm serious. <laughs> all right. Well, I I still feel you to be said. I, okay. Well, you said it twice now. Well, good. A year and a half, you'll probably say it again. Yeah. I, I, you know what? I think I should make it a regular feature. <laughs> <laughs> Who's with me? Do you remember that conversation? <laughs> that exact conversation? <laughs> the pre-sup discussion. Well, now, since you're complaining about it, it's, I'm just going to bring it up every time. Okay. <laughs> you do that. So do you want to like um, make me all self-conscious about my writing? No. No? Oh, okay. I thought you what? had something you wanted to talk about on on my uh, grammar and or writing for that blog thing. Well, no. I, I told you last time that um, that I wish you wouldn't say should of instead of should have. Not because I think less of you because of it, but because I think it makes other people think less of you, and I don't want that to happen. Okay. Did I say should have in it? You said, I think you did, yeah. Okay. So just just watch out for that. I don't say needs. I say needs to be now. So <laughs> yeah, I mean, there. it's just something to watch out for. It, it, because you know, it, I mean, I my clothes needs washed. I'm from Pittsburgh. Come on. <laughs> I mean, you know, when, when I first uh, heard the word a lot, I thought it was one word. Or, or yeah, I thought it was one word. I was younger, but then it was shown to me that a lot was two words, and now I make a point of it because it just. People are less likely to take you seriously when they see that. And again, I know you're smart. I I don't have a problem with you saying that, but other people might. So, All right. But no, I mean, <laughs> I know it got sloppy towards the end, and like I said, I I, I didn't want to post it, but I also knew if I didn't, did I post ever it, say anything about no. how awful your writing was? 
or or that it was awful or anything like that at all? Oh, you often do, even when it's just the the little titles for the shows or something like that. Well, yeah, I, I mentioned those because on the show, but but that was something that wasn't related to the show. It was your own thing, so I was just like, hmm. well, it rewinds. All right. You said you you wish you would have run it by me, and I said I no 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 no. You did. Mark said that. Oh. Mark said I should have run it by you. Oh. <laughs> I mean, I, I would have changed the phrasing of some things. Sure, I wouldn't have, but. That you know, it you write what you want to write, and also another thing to to recognize is that the only way you get better at writing is by writing. I hated every minute of it. I did, <laughs> I did. I'm like, this is important. I got to say this, but oh, I hate this. I'm sure. I'm glad I don't do a blog, do a podcast. Hate it. Yeah, but practice, I don't find it enjoyable. Practice, practice, practice. If you if if you don't find it enjoyable. I would suggest you don't do it. <laughs> All right, right. Yeah, That's I mean, why I don't have yeah. a blog anymore. Yeah. Because I don't do it. I mean, my my a... only comment about it was it was weird that it was on Google Docs. That was it. That okay. Was... So I misunderstood your, oh, we got to talk about this. I thought you, we got to talk about your writing. <laughs> so I thought you. No. Might... Oh, God. <laughs> I mean, yeah, could I criticize it? Sure. Will I? I don't see a reason to. All right. I'm not your editor. I'm not. <laughs> I'm not here to 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 shame you on your writing. You your point got across fine, as far as I'm concerned. All right, thanks. Yeah, like I I wanted to do it better. I wanted to make a different point in there as well. I wanted to have another point, and it was already like one thirty in the yeah. morning, and I'm like, I could save this, but then what if I never get back to it or don't post it for a week, and then it's going to be too late, you know? So. Just put up what I had. I will say something though that caught okay. me. Yeah, yeah, go for it. Uh, because in the uh, in the show when you're talking about it, you said uh, in in your first draft, you had a sec- you had a first draft of this, or I thought the whole thing. I, was... I, I reiterated. I went through it three times. Okay. Wrote it, changed some things, read it through, added some things at the bottom. I went through the whole thing three times though. Okay. Yeah, it's always a good. Uh, Always a good thing, yeah. Never, never print, never release your first draft of something. I mean, I, I don't know if it was technically a third draft, but I went through yeah. the whole text yeah. three times. So, okay, it's a little like I mean, yeah, I mean, a a, a a real like first draft, second draft means you know. I'm thinking back to like what I did with the scripts, for example. That was. I rewrote the whole thing, you know. I, I, I took little pieces of it that I kept. But sure. I, 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 I mean, I, I wrote, you know, probably the first half and then went over that again. And then I moved some things out of the first half. And then, yeah. you know, you know, I, I spent five hours working on that. Oh, okay. So. Um, if you hate every minute of it, don't do it. If <laughs> If you found some enjoyment out of it, though, just keep doing it keep working on it yeah nothing not a spark i i thought it was important to write i didn't think it was fun to write so i i hope that i wasn't even doing it for like traffic right like i didn't post it in a format that helps anything with traffic i just thought it was important to say i hope the discussion on the podcast was interesting because i really did feel it was a a kind of important podcast Mm -hmm. topic to have it really we don't 
discuss you know beer news like we did when it first when the mm-hmm. show first started, but this is kind of a big thing and yeah. also kind of an important thing to talk about. Right. No, I, th- I think you're right. Uh, I don't think it was o- overly long or anything like that. It was totally beer related. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Excuse me. It's already midnight. You want to wrap this up? Yeah, okay. Bye, everybody. Thanks for listening.